you know. Right, right, we got to do it. Oh, we're on? Well, hello everybody, welcome once again uh, to another Wednesday night Bible study right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Yeah, we are live right here at Kingdom Rock in the studios of the Kingdom Rock Network. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have a great time tonight. If you're watching us on the live stream and on your and you're on the YouTube platform, then make sure you give us a thumbs up and chat in your hello. Go ahead and check in with us. We have prayer warriors that are also standing by in the chat area. Yes. We are standing by in the chat area waiting to say hello to you tonight. And if you have any prayer requests, just chat those in as well. And we will be praying with you tonight as the stream goes on tonight. Now, if you have a prayer request of a more sensitive nature, then just go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Click the contact button right there and you can type in your prayer request and we'll be so glad to pray with you. Or if you want to put a comment there too, we'd be so glad to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you that are watching the replay, of course, you can always go to kingdomrock.org and you can smash that like button if you're listening or rather if you're watching us on the YouTube platform. Those of you that are joining us by way of Roku or by way of podcast, we say hello to you tonight and thank you so much for joining us. All right, all that out the way. I am so excited. Oh, wait a second. All right, hello, 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 hello. All right, I'm going to put that aside. Uh, so our people are going to uh, be right there with you in the chat area. All right, everybody? All right, yes, because I'll be doing that all night long. I can see that now. So thank you so much for joining us once again. Let's go and get into Bible study tonight. This would be part number four four of, yes, part four of the series entitled, and I forgot one more time to turn my phone down because, yeah, okay, it's done now. Don't worry. This is part four of the series entitled Path to Salvation. A lot of things happen with live television, so yeah. All right. Anyway, Path to Salvation, part four. The last time we were here, we were trying to go into, I think, John the 11th chapter, talking about how our belief in Christ is progressive. Every round goes higher and higher and higher, so we're going to get to that tonight. But first, let's go back to John 3.16. We're going to jump off from here and go on further, okay? So, John 3.16, very familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, notice the word believeth here in the King James. Believeth means to believe and to keep on believing, to believe and continue to believe, right? That's the path to salvation, when you believe in Christ Jesus and you continue to believe in him. You know, the Lord gives a great illustration about that. Uh, in the parable of the talents, not parable of talents, but the parable of the seed and the sower. That's what we want to say. The seed and the sower. He said, some seed fell on the side, on the side path, and, and some seed fell on stony ground, and, and some, feed, some seed uh, fell among thorns. 
but the last bit of seed fell on good ground. And that is the ground that produced some 30, 60, some 100 fold. Well, the Lord Jesus is the sower. He sows the word. Uh, The Lord is the sower. The seed is his word. Okay. And he sows our, he sows his seed into the fertile ground of our heart. Now, some people will hear the word and flatly reject it, like the word that's cast off, that's cast as he's broadcasting seeds, some falls along the side of the road. These are people that uh, hear the word, uh, but yeah, I don't want that. So it cast away on the side of the road, and the Bible declares that the devil, Satan, comes along like one of those birds and just eats up that seed. Then other seed falls on stony ground. Stony ground represents uh, the stone represents different thoughts in our hearts, our thinking, things that are concrete in us. We're not going to move. We believe this way. I was raised this way, and I'm never going to change. Well, when the word comes down and tries to strike that heart, it's going to get down in there just a little bit. But when the sun rises, it's going to scorch. Or when persecution comes, because of the word that was given, it, it, the seed is not going to produce at all because it's, it's too much in conflict. They haven't received the seed deeply into their heart. Too many stones there. Too many stones, right? Uh, so there should be no conflict with the word of God in our heart. The Lord says the Lord says the word and we say, yes, Lord, let it be. Absolutely. But then there, the third, uh, the third condition of the heart is when the word is sown on in a thorny, thorny ground or among weeds. The weeds representing the cares of life. So many things going on uh, the cares, the worries, and distractions of life, distractions of life. So when the word gets in there and it begins to take root, wow, and it's coming up, but just before it begins to bud and become fruitful, it is choked out by the cares of life. Here's somebody said, man, I used to be in church. I used to, I used to know the Lord so much, but you know, I just got so busy at work. I just got so busy with family. So many things got were happening in my life, and so I just stopped. They were beginning to be fruitful, but the cares of life choked, this, choked the word, and it was not fruitful in their lives. Now, remember, the very purpose of the word being sown in your heart, in your life, is to produce fruit, is to produce a harvest, a harvest of goodness, a, heart, uh, a harvest of uh, miracles, signs, and wonders, a harvest of love, joy, peace, and gentleness, goodness, patience, you know, meekness, temperance, and faith, a harvest of things that you need for yourself and also your family needs this as well. Those that are around you need the harvest of the Spirit of God in your life. Well, we can get so busy in life and uh, so many things happen that we begin to ignore the Lord, begin to ignore Christ, begin to ignore His Word, begin to stop worshiping and just get caught up in the cares of the life of this life and the deceitfulness of riches running after money and running after things that the word does not produce in our lives. And then there we are back in the same spot. People may say, well, I've heard the word, but it's not producing in your life because of all these things that we have allowed to come into our heart and choke the word. We're just too busy for the things of God right? So that's the third condition. And the fourth condition where the word is sown on good ground, that is, there's, there's no conflict, right? 
I'm fully interested. There's no conflict, no stone. And I'm not going to allow the cares of this life to interfere with the word of God in my heart and in my life. Jesus has my focus. Um, that's not saying that, you know, that you're going to stumble and fall or that you're not going to stumble and fall sometimes, but Jesus has your focus and your desire is to bring forth fruit that will bring him much glory in your heart and in your life. Hallelujah. That's where we want to be tonight. Now, there are, so there are four conditions of the heart, four conditions, some that are just, I don't want to hear it, and others that will say, okay, yeah, the word is great, yeah, but it conflicts with the way they believed or the way they thought. And so hmm, I'm not going to forgive that person. I'd rather just hold on to that. See, that word just conflicts. And, they're, they're, and their thought processes, their, what they, the way they've been raised, the way they've been taught, uh, wins out. Society wins out. Upbringing wins out over the word of God. And so they become unfruitful. And then, of course, the cares of life, deceitfulness of riches, running after stuff, running after money, so busy can choke the word too that it that it does not produce. We don't want to be like that. But uh, there were four conditions, and out of the four, only one produced fruit. Only one uh, would really bring glory to God and be productive in this life. So let's purpose in our heart to be that one, the one that has good fertile ground, the one that says, "Yes, Lord Jesus, I'm here, and I'm listening." I'm listening to your voice. I want you to speak to me. And that's where we are tonight. So before we get into John uh, 3.16, before we get further into that and further on, let's go ahead and pray. Can we do that? We're going to pray that our hearts will be open and receptive for the Word of God. And we're also going to pray for those that are having exceeding difficult times during these seasons in which we're living in, living in right now. There are some that are really going through some things that may be hurting in their bodies, that may be going through sickness or disease or really missing loved ones. So would you help me pray for them at this time? And this person may be you that we're talking about. Would you help me pray? And would you, let's just pray, okay? Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus tonight. And Lord, we know that you can, that you can move through space and time. And, and I know, Lord, that you are with them right there where they are and you're with me here at the studio. Lord, you're with us whether we're watching the live or whether we're watching the replay. You are right here with us. And Lord, I just pray that your spirit would comfort your beloved, comfort your child. And Lord, if anyone needs healing and deliverance, Father, I pray by the stripes of Jesus that healing would really manifest in and through their heart and in, in their lives. Lord, I pray the fire of God would fall upon sickness and disease. I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would break every yoke of bondage and oppression in their lives. That the anointing would break sadness and depression and anxiety and worry. For Lord, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So Lord, I pray right now for your beloved that they will have peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. A great calm in the midst of the storm that they would see your face, and that they would know that everything is well, all is well. Bless your people this night, Father, and give us wisdom concerning your word, we pray. Lead us that we may know and grow. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for praying with me. 
All right, so let's try to get into this now of the path of salvation, part number four. So John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life to believe and to continue to believe in Jesus. That's our goal tonight. Amen. There are going to be storms, but let's put our hands in his hand and continue to trust in him. And I tell you that the righteous shall never be forsaken, neither their seed begging bread. The Lord is with you. Amen. All right. So we talked last time about believing and, and what that actually meant. Believing means one of my favorite definitions of it is multifaceted. But believing means to be fully persuaded or to be confident in. To be confident in the Lord's ability to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to bring you out. You can put your faith and trust in Jesus no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, you can trust in him. Amen? Believing in Jesus. All right, so I gave you some hallmarks, and you're going to see some of these on the screens uh, beside me. I gave you some hallmarks about believing. If someone says they believe in Jesus, we should see some of these things in their lives. Now, of course, this is not the complete list. I'm not sure if there is a complete list, but here are about six things that we should that we should see in our lives if we have believed in Jesus. Remember last time we gave the example of someone, if they fall in the water, they should come up wet. And the, the, the soaking clothes and everything lets you know that they have been in the water. You know, And even the disciples, when they were called into court, the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders took note that they had been with Jesus. They talked like him. They were bold. They declared his word. They were performing miracles, signs, and wonders. They were, there were, were hallmarks that, or waypoints, checkpoints, that they had been with Jesus. So let me give you just a few tonight. Um, so the first one that we talked about was uh, doing the works of Jesus. And you see the Bible verses there. Doing the works of Jesus, miracles, signs, and wonders, but also talking to people, uh, being compassionate, being loving, being kind, being gentle. You'll find the character of God being beginning to work out of you. Second one is, if you're believing in Jesus, you should be his disciple. You should be a follower of Jesus. I love that. The third, of course, is uh, to love the brethren. You should have a love for other believers. And more important than that, I would say, is you should have a love for Jesus. You should love him. And loving Jesus means loving his word because Jesus is his word and his word is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God made manifest and walked among us. So how you, how you feel about Jesus, you should feel that way about his word. When the word of God excites you, guess what? Jesus is exciting you. I'm telling you. All right. And of course, number five, those that are born of God, born again, those who believe in Jesus, should be walking by the Spirit or should be Spirit-led. And that gives us, gets us tonight to number six, living a progressively growing faith or having a progressively growing faith in Christ Jesus. That is your faith and trust in Jesus is growing, is growing. Now, to that extent, we... We're going to look in the book of John, the 11th chapter. Now, John 11, 
I mean, we can go all the way uh, down into maybe verse 45. There is so much here to see. So we're going to endeavor, at least right now, to go from verse 1 to verse 16, and we're going to see how that goes tonight. And if we can go further, then we'll also go further. But remember, it's our goal not just to hear the word, but to be doers of the word. Remember that we are taught to teach. We are fed to feed. We, are, we have been comforted to bring comfort to others. You know, we are streams. It comes in and it goes out. We should not be uh, pools. Pools, you know, where water just comes in and just stays right there. That's been the, the failure of so many. It hasn't run through them. That's why so many are not hungry for the things of God, because they're still full. They're still full. There needs to be a word that is continually flowing through you. You know, as we exercise and as we move throughout the day, one thing I've noticed, the more I exercise, the thirstier I become and the hungrier I become because my body wants more. It wants more because I've used it, you know? So when you use what God gives you, you become more and more thirsty and more and more hungry for the things of God. And the more hunger and thirst that you have, the Lord says that he will fill you. He'll equip you more and more and more. You grow in the knowledge and the things of God. So when you are born again, when you are saved, you are saved with a purpose and saved with a calling. Not just to sit around and do nothing, but when you name the name of Jesus, when you gave Jesus your heart and you gave him your life, you began to start on your divine assignment. There's a reason and a purpose for your life right now. And it's up to us to find out what that is and begin to flow in our gifts and our callings to live that, I would call it, that perfect life. Now, a perfect life doesn't mean that you won't have troubles, but a perfect life does mean that you are following the perfect will of God for your life. Amen? All right, so now let's go ahead and we're going to look in John the 11th chapter, John 11, and we're going to start at verse number one and work our way down. John 11, verses 1 through 16, we're going to try to read that. Well, well, we're going to go line by line in it and really glean out the promises of God. So our purpose tonight is not just simply to read the word, but it's also to glean from what the Lord is saying, because the word of God is alive. So let's go. John uh, 11, verse number, John chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. All right, so we know Lazarus is sick. Now, some of you have already read this before. You're familiar with this, but just go along with me, okay? Because there's something here for us to uh, receive today. So Lazarus was sick, but not just any type of sickness. He was ready to die type of sickness, all right? Verse number two says, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick, Mary the worshiper. And you can see really about how Mary did that in the preceding chapter in John the, uh, John the 12th chapter, verse 3. And there's also another account, which could be the same Mary, uh, there in the book of Luke, Luke 7, verse 37 through 38. This could be, that could be Mary Magdalene there in Luke the 7th chapter, but definitely 
in John, the 12th chapter, the very next chapter over, we'll see the account when Mary is actually anointing, anointing the Lord and wiping his feet with her hair. So she is a worshiper. All right, so that's one thing we're going to know. Mary, we know the character because we've seen these before. Mary is the worshiper. All right, she worships deeply. She loves deeply. Martha is the server. All right, she's going to serve. Lazarus is the one right now that is sick unto death. He's about to die, all right? But he's the one also that Jesus loves. He loves them all. But the Bible specifically says this. Let's look at verse number three. It says, therefore, his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, verse three is very pivotal. We can spend a lot of time just in verse three. So come with me. It says, they sent him a message. All right. Now, back in Bible times, of course, you already know, but I'll say it anyway. They did not have telephone. They did not have cell phone. They did not have internet. So if they wanted to get a message to someone, they usually sent a messenger, right? So it says again, verse three, therefore his sister sent unto him. That is, they sent a messenger. They told somebody, this is what you do. When you go to this place, Jesus is in so-and-so place. When you get there, tell him this. And what was the message? What was the message that they were sending? They sent, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. That's the message. That's the message that got into the, the ears of Jesus. So we can say, bring this into today's time, we can say that they had actually prayed, right? They had a messenger to go to Jesus. This messenger sent their words to Christ. They did not come themselves. They sent word through a messenger. That's prayer life. And their message or their prayer, we can say, caught the ears of Jesus. Jesus heard their prayer and they identified their brother. They said, Lord, they reminded him, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. Now, this is powerful. You'll see this again as we go further on down how they greet Jesus originally originally here in this message. Lord, the one you love is sick. So remember that. Let's go to verse number four. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, underline glory of God, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, All right. Here is effective prayer. I love this. How is this effective prayer? They sent a word to Jesus. The Lord heard their cry, and then he sends a word back. Usually, and I'm sure in this case, through the same messenger, the person came and told Jesus, and then Jesus told them. Now, I believe this was a private conversation because later on, Jesus is going to tell the disciples what happened. So at this point, the messenger has left Mary and Martha and has and talked with Jesus on their behalf. Jesus gave them a proceeding word. So the messenger has to come back to Mary and Martha, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and tell them what Jesus said. Now let's appreciate this moment, okay? Mary and Martha's brother is dying at the point of death. They sent Jesus' word. Jesus sends a word back. This sickness 
is not going to end in death, but it's going to be for the glory of God. It's going to be so that Jesus would be glorified. So they get this word again. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Why? That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. This sickness is not going to end in death, but it's going to bring glory to God. So they receive this word, and they see their brother dying. They see him extremely sick. And I'm sure they rejoice. Jesus said, this sickness is not going to lead to death, but in some kind of way, he's going to be glorified. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, brother, Jesus said, he's going to be glorified in this. This is not going to end up in death. And I'm sure they're holding on to that word, expecting Jesus to come, to the, come through the door at any moment. He's gotten the word, and he knows the condition of Lazarus. Now, if you've read this account before, we realize that Lazarus did, in fact, die. But where does that leave Mary and Martha? We know where it left Lazarus, but where does that leave Mary and Martha? They were all holding on to the word. And I'm sure, and when they saw their brother die, what did that do, what did that do to them? The thing that they believed in and, and they prayed and they, had, and they had a bona fide word from God. This is what Jesus said. Maybe they even went back to the messenger. Did he say that? Maybe they want to confirm it. Did Jesus say this? Then if God said this, then why did this die? Can you imagine the disappointment that they must have felt? But through it all, they did not become bitter. As a matter of fact, they became better. Sometimes God will use the pain of suffering to promote you to the next level. You know, I've noticed throughout the years, those who are sometimes the greatest people to witness in an area or to minister in an area are those that have been through it. You know, I can tell people how the Lord Jesus can heal you and take you off of drugs and things of that nature, but I've never been on drugs. But I know that Jesus is a healer, and I know that he is a deliverer, yes. But someone that has been through that, I'm sure would speak with so much more passion than I. Someone that has been through the pain, been through the agony. They say, been there, I've done that. And I've seen how the Lord brought me through, and I know that he'll bring you through too. Sometimes those who have been through fire can walk others through fire as well. So the Lord is going to show them something great and mighty here. They're going to see another realm of Christ. They're going to see the glory of God. So, all right, let's go on. So that ends for right now our account with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So they're holding on to a word that Jesus has spoken unto them. And that, of course, is another key of effective prayer. When you want to pray, when it's every believer's right to pray, to pray, to talk to the Father, to talk to the Lord, and then hear him talk to you. Isn't that awesome? This is effective prayer. This is an awesome prayer language. All right, verse 5 begins to zoom in on Jesus 
Jesus and the disciples and what happens after Mary and Martha have given him, given him this word. Oh, I'm enjoying this. I pray that you are too. This is thrilling. <laughs> this is thrilling as the word of God begins to unfold right here in front of our faces. So again, if you're watching us on the YouTube platform, go ahead and smash that, that like button and uh, subscribe if you haven't already done so, so that you can be up to date with the next one when it comes out. Praise the Lord. You ready? And don't forget to share this video too um, with, your, with your family or with your friends, with someone that you love. Amen. All right. All right, let's go into verse number five. Verse five says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It makes it very clear before it goes any further. Remember Jesus, said, the Lord Jesus had just said, this sickness is not unto death, but unto the glory of God that the Son of God can be glorified. You know, he just said this. Then verse five says, Jesus loved them. Jesus loved them. All right, let's see what happens in verse 6. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, that Lazarus was sick, what did he do? Did he rush right away down to see him? Nope. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He didn't move. Wow. In essence, he let Lazarus die. My goodness, that seems so contradictory, right? When you have a loved one, you love them. When you want to run to their side and you, if you have something that they need, when you want to run and give it to them. But the Bible says plainly, Jesus loved them. And because he loves them, he let this die. Wow. He allowed them to suffer. Why did Jesus allow this suffering? so that he could bring them into another realm of glory. Grab a hold of this. They had seen Jesus or known him as healer, but they had never known him as the one who controls life and death, as the resurrection itself, the resurrection himself. He's going to say shortly, I am the resurrection that had not been revealed to them. Remember, believing in Jesus is progressive. So we have known him in terms of saving faith. You know him as Savior. Do you know him as Lord? Do you know him as Redeemer? Some of you know him as Healer. Some of you know him as Waymaker. Some of you know him as Comforter because your walk with Christ is progressive. Your believing, your faith in him is progressive always growing and increasing with every realm, with every dimension. Every time you grow with him, you become stronger and stronger and stronger. Glory to God. Isn't that powerful? So the Bible says he loved them, but yet and still he let them go through this. He abode there in the same place two days. Verse seven, then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. You go in, you go in there again? Now, I want you to get, uh, grab a hold of this now. It was thought of in that day, if someone died, that it was possible for them to regain their body, for the soul to enter back into the body, 
on the first, second, maybe the third day. But after the third day, they were thought to be absolutely dead. No coming back. Why? Because that was a day that the body starts to decompose. And so they thought it's over. It's over. So Jesus waited two more days before he got there. And you'll see that when he arrives, finally arrives further down, Lazarus would have been dead four days. The day of no hope whatsoever. And we're going to see this as we go on down. So the Bible says here, oh, this is so thrilling. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is good. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you so much for praying with me. This is so awesome. All right. You're good people. <laughs> you're, you're good people. And I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you so much. I know I say that every single week, but I feel the love of God going toward you even right now, this very moment. I'm not sure who you are or where you are. I have some idea for some, for some of you that have checked in, but I know that God loves you so very much, so very much. And I know he's rejoicing over you at this very moment. You know, Christianity in the truest sense, in the biblical sense, is not about your work and labor. It's not about how good you've been or how bad you've been. No, it's all about Jesus and the work that he has done. Receiving him, believing in him, the Father grants you something that you could never do for yourself. He grants you righteousness. He grants you his favor when you put your faith in Jesus. We try all our lives to be good enough not to do this. Try our lives, all our lives to do this, to do right and not to do wrong. If I do right, I'll get good things. If I do wrong, you know, bad things tend to happen. And so we, we live like that and we come before God thinking that the Father is like that. If we receive Jesus and then we think, all right, now I've got to make sure I do things right so God will bless me. I've got to make sure I don't sin now because if I, if, if I sin, that means God won't hear my prayer. God won't listen to me. No, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Trusting in what he has done. Yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're going to falter. But if you keep your faith and trust in Jesus, that line of communication never goes dark. You will never lose signal when you're talking to your father. He will always hear your voice. Because your relationship with him was never based on your goodness, but it was based on the goodness of Jesus. It was never based on your works of righteousness, but it was based on the righteousness of Christ. God granted you favor with him based on the work of Jesus and not your works. So remember, don't bring your strength to God thinking that he owes you now because you've done this and that. No. And never say, well, God... Um, well, won't bless me now because I've done this, because his blessing is not merited. That is, you don't earn a blessing from God. He freely gives it to you when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Now, just to be, uh, I guess just to go ahead and say it, you don't want to get in sin because sin has its own penalty, right? And that's just bringing all kind of bad mess in your life. You don't want that in your life. Let me tell you now, you know that. It takes you down a long road. It takes you further than you wanted to go. It makes you spend more than you had, right? It ends up doing some crazy stuff with us because we are so allergic to sin. 
so allergic. It brings death in our lives. The wages of sin is death. Will God forgive? Absolutely. He will forgive and he has forgiven. But when we sin, there's still a payment there that has to be done. Something we got to work out. If you go around lying to people, you know, you're going to have to tell them, I'm sorry. And what kind of stuff with that? And what has that lying caused? If you are married and you commit adultery, hey, God forgives. But what is that going to do to the to your to your spouse or to the children? What kind of mess is that going to cause? If you go around killing people, hmm, God forgive, but hmm, what will that do? You know, and we can go all the way down the line with this sort of reasoning. You want to stay out of that. And God will give you the strength to stay out of that by trusting and believing in Jesus, taking hold of his word. Amen? Amen. So Jesus loved them, and because he loved them, he allowed them to go through this suffering to bring them into a greater glory, to bring them into a greater understanding of who he is so that they could glorify him and so that they could help others. I'm telling you, it gives you the strength to help others when you have been through something. You know, it's very wise words that says, smooth seas do not make a good sailor. But rough seas, somebody that has been through rough times, rough seas make a good sailor. Would you rather a doctor that has, that has never um, performed a surgery, that has never, he's never encountered any problems whatsoever, you rather have him operate on you? Or someone that has been through something, someone that has seen some times and someone that has come back and has seen difficulties and know what to do in this situation and that situation. They have been seasoned, seasoned. They're a seasoned doctor. Yeah, you want that one because if anything pops up, you want somebody who knows what to do with it when it arrives, not just somebody, somebody who's never been through anything, right? All right, so let's go on. So the Lord will allow sometimes for us to go through difficulties for a moment, momentarily, momentarily, so that he may bring us into a greater glory and revelation of who he is. So the, Jesus says to the disciples, hey, let's go down to, to uh, Judea right now. But the disciples said, hey, Lord, they were wanting to kill you. You sure you're going? And Jesus tells them here in verse number, um, let's see, verse number nine, Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. Verse 10, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Simply saying, boys, it's not my time. This is still daytime here. This, is, this, this rather is my time. My time, the time of light. I can do work and nothing's going to happen. It's not my time yet to go to the cross. It's not the enemy's time. It's not the time of darkness just yet. So we're safe. Come on. All right, let's look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Uh, uh, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then his disciples, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. He's doing well. Uh, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he spoke that he that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus uh, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
You know, here again, here's that progressive glory, that progressive revelation, understanding. First, Jesus said he's sleep, which he was in the sight of God, just resting in the sight of God. But in the sight of man, he's dead. So Jesus gives them the high revelation. Then he brings it down to, to, to their understanding. It's progressive. Verse number 15, and we're beginning to close out here. Verse 15 said, and I am glad for your sakes. This is a very big statement here. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So here's the thing. He said, I'm glad I wasn't there because what would happen if Jesus was there? Lazarus would have been healed. No doubt about it. And we're going to see that wording further on down. If Jesus had been there, Lazarus would have been healed. No problem. But they would not have seen the greater glory. They would not have seen the Son of God glorified. Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Why? To the intent or so that ye might believe or may believe. Well, I thought the disciples already believed in Jesus because that's why they were disciples. You see, believing is progressive. They did believe, but he's about to take them even deeper. Remember, walking with Christ goes deeper and deeper, higher and higher. You never just stay on this one level, but you're growing and growing and growing in the knowledge of who he is. He's revealing more and more and more of himself to you. And this is the greater blessing, I'm telling you. And then in verse 16, then said Thomas, uh, I love the way the Lord put this in here. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus unto his uh, fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, I'm so glad the Lord put that in there about Thomas, about why Thomas said that or, or that he said that. Why is that important? Because remember, after the resurrection of Jesus, Thomas was one of the uh, disciples that doubted that Jesus was resurrected. The other said, we've seen him. The lady said, we've seen him. And he said, I'm not going to believe unless I can poke my finger in his side and see the nail prints. I'm not, never going to believe it. Then, of course, Jesus showed up. And Thomas said, oh, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, you believe because you have seen. But then the Lord said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. So, I'm glad the Lord put that there in verse 16, because we can either be a sight believer or we can believe by virtue of what he said alone, by the person of Jesus and by his word, which is what Mary and Martha are having to do at this very moment. They only have a word. They see their brother is very dead and they see him also in the grave. They've already had the funeral service. It's already done. It's over. He's in the grave. But they're still holding on to a preceding word of God. They will be choosing to believe regardless of what they see. That's a great lesson and a good place for us to stop tonight. We will be getting back here on next Wednesday night. Make sure you're with me. We're going to see our hero in action and learn more ways to believe in Jesus and just really just grow in the knowledge of who he is. I'm so excited about that. Now, before we go tonight, I want to remind you that uh, those of you who have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have not put your faith and trust in him. Well, it's very simple to do. You just simply have to believe. Open your heart to believe. 
Confess him as your Lord and Savior. Call upon his name. The Bible says that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can confess your sins before him and just say, Lord, I have sinned. I've messed up. I've I've done bad things. See, you're starting a, a communication to him and you're asking him to forgive you of your sins. That's very important. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and he'll do it. Confess your sins, ask him to forgive you and ask him to receive you and he will. Open your heart and say, Jesus, come in. Come in, Lord, come in. I want to be yours. You know, he will. He's right there with you right now. So just say a short prayer together, just you and him. It's not the prayer that's going to save you, but it's your belief in Jesus that will. But all, all, um, what I want to say, all relationships, thank you, Lord, all relationships start with communication. So talk to him. Talk to him and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight. Amen? Amen. And after you do that, make sure you continue to watch the videos. Make sure you find a good local church that is preaching the uncompromising Word of God. And find others that are of like precious faith that you can pray for one another and be there for each other. And we'll be here once again bringing you the rich Word of God. So make sure you subscribe. And if you're in the area, come on by and stop in with us. We'd love to have you every month, any Sunday morning at 10 a.m. if you're located right here in the Brigman area. You can go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org for more details. All right. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. All right. All right. Bye-bye.